0: From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Dave from Zentro. Dave, it's really nice to have you on.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I'm excited to kick off today's discussion. So Dave, can you tell me a bit about who you are as well as what you guys are doing and your company and all that to kick us off?
1: (laughs) Sure. That's a loaded question, Brad, because I could talk about what we're doing for days. But my name is Dave Dobbin. I'm the CEO of an internet service provider called Zedra. We provide internet in MDU multi-tenant and apartment buildings, specifically right now in the city of Chicago. But we're expanding. We're growing, and we're growing where we are. Um, I come to the company via a long, I hate to say I'm an old dog in telecom uh, these days, but I'm a Canadian. Most of my career was spent in Canada. Companies like Toronto Hydro Telecom, I don't know if you remember when downtown Toronto got Wi-Fi for free, That was we did that at Toronto Hydro Telecom in 2006, a long time ago. And then I went from there to a company called Mobilicity which was a startup a cell phone company in Canada. and We built a mobile operator from nothing. I was employee number one. We built that up from nothing. And then from there, I went to a company called uh, Hargray in South Carolina. And Hargrave is a, a voice data video provider that originally was operating only in Beaufort County, South Carolina. And we expanded that business to be operating in South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Northern Florida. And now I'm here in Chicago at a company called Central.
0: Uh, nice. I love it. So you guys are doing something pretty unique. You can you tell me exactly about that? And I know you're describing the technology you're developing and have developed and all that, and it's pretty awesome.
1: It's different, right? So when you think about building an internet network in a city like Chicago, that's something that it's pretty darn hard to do. And when you think about building fiber optics in a place like Chicago or New York City or Los Angeles or something like that, the problem is these cities have been around for a while, and the streets are generally full of fiber, right? There's generally all sorts of communications provider, and there's usually not a lot of room left to build down in the city infrastructure. If you live in any North American big city that has, say, back lanes, You can go out into that back lane and look up on the pole and you'll see all sorts of wires hanging off that pole. It's just super busy with wires hanging everywhere. Those aren't electricity cables. Those are your internet lines, be it phone lines or fiber lines or coaxial lines. So it's really busy. And then you layer on top of that things like the bureaucracies in these large cities. Just the ability to get a permit to cut the ground is difficult. So how we do our thing is we do our network primarily with fixed wireless. So there's new... 20 years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. But today, there's new wireless technology that's available out there on the market called millimeter wave wireless technology, which is a very small bandwidth wave that provides huge internet bandwidth over short distances. You can't go 50 miles with this stuff, but you can go 500 meters, right? So in an environment like Chicago, very dense, Lots of tall apartment buildings, lots of tall buildings all over the place. What we've done is we've got our radios up on top of these buildings, passing around ultra high capacity microwave radio links into these buildings. So instead of having to trench up the street and stop traffic and redo concrete and all that sort of stuff, we go up on the roof, put two links up, bam, and we light that building. Then we go in the bu- yeah, in the building, we start at the top, and we go down. So if you're the cable guys, they come in from the bottom and they go up. We come in from the top and we go to but we provide generally these days, we provide a gig access into your building. So imagine you're living, I don't know, in a, in a condo in Chicago with, I don't know, 300 units in that condo. We'll go, we'll sell your HOA or your POA. We'll make a deal with them and we'll give everybody in that building a gig for a really great price. And we provide them really good service. We're pretty proud of ourselves, but this is This usually sounds arrogant when you say something like this. Look us up on Google or Yelp. I know you have, Brad, but look us up on Google and Yelp. We're one of the only ISPs out there that has thousands of five-star Google reviews, thousands of five-star Yelp reviews out there from our customers because we try to provide great service, really great price, and we try to be really uncharacteristically responsive. And that's our business. And now what we're doing, we're doing pretty well in Chicago. We've got a, we've actually got a thousand, uh, MDU buildings, multiple dwelling units, apartment buildings on our network in Chicago. So now we're, yeah, now we're taking that show on the road. So we started working in Milwaukee. So we've got about a uh, hundred buildings that we've lit up in Milwaukee now, providing services to that city. We recently made an acquisition, actually this week, it closed. So we now have 30 buildings in Atlanta. So we're going on the road to the Peach State to take our show on the road and provide internet down in Atlanta. So that's what we do. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're saying the technology when you put it on top of a building they all kind of work together and form this mesh type of thing it's a
1: mesh yeah the traditional telecom industry operates in rings right so you hear the cable company and the fiber guys and they talk about rings all the time rings rings are yesterday we like meshes right and what we do we in order to provide maximum bandwidth and maximum reliability we put a minimum of two radios on every roof and then we lace the radios together so that all these different buildings are all laced together. So if one building is a power outage, it doesn't really matter. That building goes down, but it doesn't affect the rest of the mesh. Right. So it's actually more reliable than a ring, than a ring topology. And it provides more bandwidth. Right. In fact, we don't have, I'm absolutely confident telling you, we don't have a single backbone length in our network that is over capacity today or oversubscribed. We don't have one, right? Because everything is relying on everything else and the network automatically passes traffic around in the network. It's new technology. It's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. And our, yeah, our customers actually have the ability, to, you know, what we're doing a lot of really neat stuff. They have the ability to buy internet in three ways. So this is a little bit different than the cable guys you're used to. What we do is we offer what we call our Zen. Internet calling it our Zen internet package because my marketing guys tell me that's what I need to do. I call it hot jack, right? I'm going to get in trouble for telling you this, Brad, but it's hot jack, right? So what that is, you move into your apartment, right? There's a jack, ethernet jack on the wall. You plug into it. You bring your own router. You bring your own laptop. You bring your whatever equipment you want. And the HOA or the landlord or whatever includes that in your rent, right? Great. Good deal. Very affordable, very inexpensive. Bless you. The second thing we do is what we call our Bliss Internet Package. And that's the marketing guys again. But what Bliss is, is we have a partnership with a company called Calyx. Calyx, depending on where you're from. Calyx in Canada, Calyx in India, whatever. But Calyx provides us with um, a great Wi-Fi router that we can put in, in the unit. And that Wi-Fi router gives us the ability to manage and troubleshoot issues in your unit that your traditional internet service provider doesn't have. So what do I mean by that? Is that router is talking to our management system all the time. We know if you're having connectivity problems. We know if you're having frequency interference problems, and we can proactively resolve those issues without the customer even knowing there was a problem, right? Because this may sound funny to you, but what's the best customer service call? What's the best call? No call. That's the best call, right? When you don't need to less, it's better. So that Bliss internet package provides you that router with Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi 6 in the unit. It's great coverage. Usually apartment buildings only need one unit, but they can mesh together if you need them. If you've got a mega condo down on the lakeshore in Chicago, we can help you out with a mesh unit. And then the last thing we sell, there's a real growing demand right now in luxury condos and apartment buildings, for what we call our Nirvana managed Wi-Fi product. Now, this is really cool because what it does is we put access points throughout the building, right? So in your unit, in the hallways, wherever they need to go to provide Wi-Fi coverage, and you sign on once with your own private ID and password, but now you can move through the building and you don't have to change. So for example, let's say you live on floor 30, Brad. Right? You could be down on the pool deck and printing something on your printer in your unit without having to change networks, without having to do anything. And it's all private to every single user. You can go visit, you're on floor 30. You can go visit your buddy on floor seven and not have to change anything. And it just all works together, which is pretty cool. So we call that managed Wi Fi. And depending on the developer or the HOA, you can take that to really cool extents. Like we have one customer. Who had us install this in every deck of their parking garage, in their in with their bodegas? What do you call it, the storage units at the bottom of the building? So they, they these guys have this ubiquitous mesh Wi-Fi network through their entire property. It's pretty cool. So that's our Nirvana managed Wi-Fi plan. So it's a little bit different than what the traditional ISP does because what we focus on MDS, we focus on those apartment buildings on condos, on those sorts of structures. We don't do single family home developments. We don't do fiber of the home in rural areas. That's not what we're about. We like dense urban areas where we can provide these multiple flavors of, of internet. into.
0: Yeah, that's so nice. I'm in like a 50-story condo now and the Wi-Fi, when I go out my door, will drop off and then the cell signal isn't that great in the hallway either. So that's, that's, the in the elevator and it, then it goes out completely. So that's that's really nice.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, installing access points in elevators is way more difficult than you would think it would be. I didn't realize it would be as difficult as it was because you think about it, you got the cable going up and down, you got the length of the cable, all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting to do. But with things like Wi-Fi calling on your cell phone and all these enhanced services, it really is a product that, that's really getting some traction out there. Now, it's more expensive. Clearly, the base Zen package, Hotjack, is the least expensive option for the HOA or for the developer or landlord. Adding the CPE in makes it a little bit more expensive overall. And then going to fully managed Wi-Fi, this is your Lamborghini. It's a full load sort of package So that, again, costs a little bit more. But we're seeing a lot more of it. It's popping up more and more often.
0: That's really nice. So you guys have a pretty unique offering. You're doing something new. It's exciting. There's like new technology and a clearly better service. How are you doing that from a growth perspective? You mentioned you have a ton of units in Chicago. You're expanding to Milwaukee. You're expanding to Atlanta. How does that sales marketing process work? Do you approach these? Condos and apartment buildings and this to say, "Hey, we got this new technology. Is it technology you lean into? Is it the network? What's that growth strategy look like?
1: Believe it or not, we are not unique, right? Now we' okay, we are unique in when you look at our network and our footprint in the country compared to others, we are by far the most dense, so we've got a lot of customers jammed into a small area and that allows us a lot of things it allows us the ability to leverage our own technicians better it allows us the ability to answer the phone locally all those sorts of, of things like our call center here is is actually in Chicago we got people who live in Chicago 60642 answering uh the phones in Chicago it's a little bit it's a little bit different there are other folks out there in the industry that are doing what we do mnu focused sort of internet providers. Well, what they generally do is they generally focus on the very large developers the guys you know who have a hundred thousand units in their portfolio across the united states and we don't do that we focus on what we want i'll get to the, the direct answer to your question in a minute the problem when you try to focus across the entire country is the united states is a really big place right the united states has a lot of big cities in it if you have and there's economies of scale that you lose because of that size. So, for example, let's say you have one building, and I'm going to get mail, I'm going to get emails, but you have one building in Sioux City, Iowa. I'm not interested, because I can't afford to hire my own technician in Sioux City, Iowa with one building. Um, So, I'm going to have to outsource that service. If I outsource the service, I'm getting some dude who's doing service for me and five other guys, and he doesn't care about my customer the way that my colleagues care about our customers, right? Nobody cares about our customers better than people who work here at Zentro. So outsourcing makes no sense to us. So what we're doing, especially going to market, that's why I say Milwaukee. Milwaukee was a natural for us because it's a stone store from Chicago. But believe it or not, all of the local activities in Milwaukee, we do in Milwaukee. So we've got installation and repair personnel that are in Milwaukee. We've got construction people that are in Milwaukee. We have salespeople that are in Milwaukee. And in Atlanta, we'd like I say, we're just entering Atlanta now. We've hired folks in Atlanta. We've got installation repair technicians in Atlanta, customer service people in Atlanta. Uh, we're actually recruiting for Atlanta salespeople now because it's, I don't believe, we don't believe that you can effectively operate in Atlanta from Chicago right? You might as well be on a different planet, right? That would be like trying to operate in Chicago and Sydney, Australia. It'd be hard. It's a different place, right? So so some functions you can centralize, right? Accounting, HR, purchasing, things like that you can centralize. But those customer-facing functions we think should be in those markets. So we made these decisions to do this. It's not as efficient as what other folks are doing. I will only tell you, it's not as efficient. Our running that local team and managing things locally, we spend a little bit more money doing it, but you know what it does for our customers? It makes their service better, right? It makes their customer service more responsive. It gives them somebody that lives where they live, that they can phone when something is going wrong. And that, we believe, is much more important.
0: Yeah, I love that. What is the marketing function of this look like? I know we have LinkedIn content, all that stuff on this talk track for the podcast, but if we even zoom out. Is it like a B2B marketing play? Or are you doing consumer marketing for the service? What does the marketing look like for this?
1: So we have some building. Most of our buildings are what we call bulk, right? And with bulk, we make a deal with the developer or the HOA or the landlord, and we take down the whole building. That's a B2B sort of relationship, but it's not... Because now you have to service the individual unit. So it's almost like a hybrid, right? It's almost like a hybrid thing. And let's say you buy the Zen internet package for your building that you're building, Brad, and you don't buy the list package with CPE. Now, your unit holders in your building may want to rent that CPE from us, right? So now we have to have a relationship with you and with them. So it's it's more complicated than one would think. We have other buildings that, that we call retail buildings, where we're competing with all the other guys in those buildings. And that, the marketing is exactly the same as everybody else does. It's lobby events, it's direct mail, it's LinkedIn, it's all those sorts of social channels. It's everything that you would normally do to attract customers in an internet business. And then lastly, we do have a commercial uh, section of our business that sells large bandwidth circuits to commercial. Um, and events. Let me talk about events in a second. But commercial commercial is very much a direct B2B sort of relationship. Events is really cool. We do a lot of events. Milwaukee, we got them all. Um, we did last year, for example, we did Lollapalooza. We did Summerfest in Milwaukee. Because we can come in with our network. We can drop it in like in a day and be up and running with high capacity internet. And then when the festival is over, we leave. So we're not trenching. We're not doing all that sort of stuff. So we're pretty darn good at events. They I mean, were pretty darn good at events. We, so yeah, it's a little bit of a different marketing focus than your standard business.
0: It, it's fun.
1: That's cool.
0: What's one thing you wish you would have known like back when you first became a CEO that you know not?
1: Oh my goodness. There's a one thing. There's a list as long as your arm. I think it would depend on which angle you were asking that question from. But um, if you're asking from a people perspective, I would say it's the importance of change management and working with people through change. I wish I'd known that a lot earlier because I generally work at very quick moving, quick changing, fast businesses and change is hard for a lot of people. So I think that would be the big one if it comes to people. If it comes to the actual business itself, the thing I would say I wish I knew earlier is I had a very wise man say to me recently, uh, you, know, you actually gave us all at my last job plaques for your costs is a condition of employment that's huge, right? You'd be surprised how many people don't know what they're spending in their business. It's, it's huge, so I wish I had known that earlier in my career.
0: Love that, and as we're wrapping up, if you could give one piece of advice to your industry or your customers as a whole, what would it be?
1: One piece of advice to my industry as a whole keep sucking keep making customers wait keep giving horrible network service keep selling stuff and not delivering what you actually sold this is what you should absolutely do in our industry this is how you should do it and what you should do by the way we're going to come and eat your lunch but that's what i would. i'm
0: i love it dave It's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights.
1: Thank you so much.